0: Well, hello and welcome to this live English lesson where you get to ask me questions and once again, I try to answer them. It is a beautiful Saturday morning here in Ontario, Canada. It was good to see a lot of familiar faces in the chat uh before I got started. Um so let me do one thing here for a sec. Here we go. It was nice to see a lot of familiar faces in the chat. I saw Semra and Natalia Belgrade are in the chat I saw Lolly Lolly and Rod the Brazilian English teacher It was nice to say hi to people uh Huang Vo is here Semra mode eggs uh Norma is here scrolling back Julia Olise. Bernadette is here uh Lolly Lolly I think I've mentioned already um a lot of too many names to mention but hello to everyone who is here to ask a few questions about the English language and then hopefully uh, I can give you some clear and concise answers. Um before we get started, just a reminder, uh please use the chat for English conversations. Please don't use the chat to ask me questions as it, the chat moves a little too fast for me to always be attentive to questions there. So, let's use the form that Todd or Dave will link. Uh it's good to see Moto Explore in the chat as well. Awesome to see everybody. Um so, I was gonna say, Uh, In a few weeks, it will be fun to do these lessons outside again but uh, I need to wait till winter is for sure over and for spring to for sure be here before I start. We are having spring-like conditions today but it could be like winter tomorrow if you just wait the weather changes in the month of March. Uh let me find the first question. Here we go. Uh let's see here. First question is from SL Lenka. So, let's get started. Hi, Bob. Could you explain the word closure? And what does this phrase mean? He runs circles around other runners. Thank you. So, closure is something that happens at the end of an experience. Usually, a bad experience. So, if you've experienced something traumatic in your life, sometimes you want closure. Maybe someone has committed a crime And when that person against you and when that person goes to jail, you feel like you have closure. Closure simply means that whatever happened has run its course and it's now over and you have closure. So, you can feel better because the person who committed the crime has been punished and hopefully you have some sort of uh retribution. Retribution? No, that's not the right word. I think you would just feel closure. It is the best word for it. A feeling of being satisfied that justice has been done. Um when you run circles around someone, it means usually that you're smarter than them. You're not physically running around them but when I look at my classes at school, sometimes I'll have a student who really knows the subject well and they can run circles around the other students. It means that they know a lot. Some of you know a lot of English vocabulary and you could run circles around other people who know less vocabulary. Hopefully, that made some sense. Uh let's see here. Um next question from Ruslan. Hi, dear teacher Bob. I'm glad to see you. Do you invest in the stock market? Is investing popular in Canada? Many people open broker accounts in Russia these days. So, just a little bit Ruslan. I actually owe more money than I have. If you wanna know my personal finances. I have a mortgage. That's a loan from the bank. Jen and I have a loan from the bank that we used to buy the farm many many years ago and we're still paying off that loan. So, I don't really have much invested in the stock market because I'm still paying off debt in my life. So, um but is investing popular in Canada? Yes, very much so. People uh especially in the last year, investing has become more and more popular. So, great question, Ruslan. Um interesting to hear that people in Russia are doing a lot more investing. So, very interesting. Uh next question from Mike. Mike says, hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? Contentious, self-deprecating, and to slander. Thanks. So, when something is contentious, it means that it's not settled, okay? So, talking about let's say you and a friend disagree on something. Having a discussion could be contentious which means you don't agree with each other. So, when something's contentious, it's not settled. Self-deprecating is when you make fun of yourself. So, if I was to say, ah, my hair looks funny today and my beard's all really rough and oh, I wish I looked nicer. I'm being self-deprecating. I'm making fun of myself. Um and to slander is to publicly say something about someone else that isn't true. So, slander is a serious thing. Uh, you shouldn't slander people. But it's if you say something publicly or if you put something in a newspaper that isn't true. I'm gonna pause and say welcome to the three hundred and two people watching. I'm Bob the Canadian. This is my YouTube channel where I teach English. This is a live Q&A session where users can submit a question and I try to answer it. Um, and if you are interested, you should click that red subscribe button if you are a new viewer. Good to have you here though. Let's go to the next question. Next question from Athanasios. Hi, dear teacher. How are you today? Correct me if I'm wrong but we say make a copy, right? Not do a copy. Thank you. Yes, when I'm at school and I have a test that I made for the students, I will print it out and then I will make copies or I will make a copy. So, if I need more than one copy, I would say I need to make copies of this. If I just need one copy, I would say I need to make a copy of this. So, yes, you are totally correct We would not use do in that sense. Um how would I use do? You could say this. You could say I need to do some photocopying. I need to go to work early because I need to do a lot of photocopying. I need to do some photocopying. So, there is a way to use do but in your question, I would certainly um, not. So, here we have Bobo mode. <laughs> I think Bo, Bo I think uh mode is adding Bob to the front just so that it's more interesting because we talked about the Bobolink yesterday in yesterday's lesson. I said names that start with Bob are cute names or something. Anyways, hi, mister Bob. How often do you use whom in spoken English? Would it sound oddly formal if you hear it? Yes, it would sound oddly formal. We generally incorrectly use who most of the time, okay? So, for instance, if I was to say, you know, um let's see here. Like for whom is this pizza? Uh some of those things just sound really, really strange, right? Um I'm just looking at how often we use whom. We do use it. It is very formal. Uh, it is worthwhile learning how to use it correctly because if you do any English writing, you will need to learn how to use whom versus who. Uh, Let's see. Next question from Mary. Hello, teacher Bob. Hope you are having a good day. Could you please explain the difference between the words partly and partially? Thank you. So, partly and partially mean almost the same thing. Um like as I drink my water, I could say, well, this is partly gone or I could say this is partially gone. Um I wouldn't worry too much about the difference. Um let me try to think of another example between partly and partially. Like he was partially finished the work or he was partly finished the work. Yeah, I think we use partly a lot more but definitely they are somewhat interchangeable. Uh let's see here. Next question from Ty. How many people in your family, Bob, have a great day? Well, I am a middle child. I have an older brother and an older sister and I have a younger brother and a younger sister. I'm married to Jen and we have five children. Um and if I look at my extended family, That's the English phrase we use when we talk about cousins and uncles and aunts. Um my mom has eight brothers and sisters and my dad who has passed away, my dad has four brothers and one sister. So, quite a large family. We don't get together very often right now because of COVID but uh definitely a large family indeed. Let's see here. Oh, this is a good question. Um, M Bilal says, sir, up until what age can we use the word young? Just a little flip in the question there, M Bilal. Um, I think a kid is young till they're about 11 or 12. I think that if you have like we say young children and then we say young adults Um, and so let me go through the ages. We have babies, toddlers, um, I would just say children or kids And then there's something called tweens which are like not really children but not really teenagers. Then we have teenagers. Then we have young adults and then we have adults. So, the word young is um yeah, it's kind of relative as well, right? Because some of the new teachers at school, I call them the younger teachers or the young teachers but they're all twenty-five or thirty. They're not that young. Um Hey, let me just do an audio check for a sec. I see a little bit of a problem. Ah, we're good. Looks like everything is working well. Uh, let's get to the next question. Here we go. Natalia says How do you deal with the mismatch of sounds and letters in English? I can't imagine how you can write in English without spelling mistakes. So, kids in school, in the younger grades, when they are in grade one, two, and three, four, and five, I think all the way to grade eight, they learn spelling as a subject. So, that's one thing that's very, very helpful. In English schools, in Canada in particular, and in the United States as well, children learn how to spell. It's an actual part of their school day because as you pointed out, the way we say words isn't necessarily how they're spelled. The way the word sounds isn't necessarily how we spell it. Some words you can figure out but if you take a word like yesterday, I used the word atmosphere. The air around us. You can kind of figure out how to spell the first part. At mus. Moss. But when you get to sphere, it's a little challenging to sound it out. Um so, yes, we learn how to spell in school. Uh kids in school take spelling classes. I think up till grade eight, you take spelling classes. Uh, Let's see here. Next question from Potato. Hello, teacher Bob. My favorite English word is schedule because the spelling is extremely difficult and strange. Do you know other words like this? Thanks. So, the interesting thing with schedule is some people in Canada say schedule. A very small amount of people say schedule. Most people say schedule. Um so, I had teachers when I was younger that said schedule but the most common pronunciation is schedule. Don't use schedule now. Use schedule. Um there are other words like that, right? Like, why do we spell school with S-C-H? Why do we spell um scholarship or scholar differently? There's um sorry, scholarship isn't the same. Bad example. Um but yes, there are many words that have odd spellings. They seem sometimes like they have a lot of extra letters that you don't really need. Next question is from Nurana. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. My question is What's the difference between to knit, to sew, and to weave? Thanks in advance. Have a great day. So, knitting, you have two long needles called knitting needles, and you hold one in each hand, and you use the two needles to put yarn together so it becomes a fabric. Sewing, you do with a small needle. And sewing, you can use sewing to sew two pieces of clothing together or you can sew something onto a piece of clothing. So, sewing is with a fine, it's not with yarn, it's with thread. So, the string you use is called thread and weaving is done more with um if you're making a carpet or something. So, they're all slightly different um and weaving doesn't require tools. Although, you might use a loom which is a big machine that helps you weave. That's the extent of Bob the Canadian's knowledge about knitting, sewing, and weaving. I don't actually know a lot about them. Let's see here. Next question from Catherine. Hi, Bob. In the description under the video, there's a sentence. I'm sure you've watched many lessons. Shouldn't there? Be? Yes, that should be watched. Is there an error? Is it under this lesson? Let me just check for a sec. I usually Let's see. I am sure you love I'm sure you've watched. Yes that's wrong. I'm gonna fix it right now Catherine. I'm sure you've watched many when you figure out that the teacher has made an error. That's like the best feeling for a student. That means that you are awesome Catherine and you are very smart. I fixed it. It now says um, I'm sure you've watched many English lessons. So excellent. Glad glad you found that. I'm glad you read the description. Sometimes I wonder if people actually read the descriptions that I write. Let's see here. Um so Guan from Malaysia says what is the past tense of B? Can I have an example sentence for that? So, there are a lot of different forms of the past tense but let's talk about a really simple structure here and let's use yesterday today and tomorrow, okay? Or let's use yesterday, right now and tomorrow with the verb to be. So, right now, I am doing a live stream. Yesterday, I was doing a live stream and tomorrow I'm going to do a live stream. Now, I'm using uh the present continuous. I am doing uh and if I say yesterday, I said I was doing. So, I'm I'm not actually using the verb to be in its true sense. Uh a better way to do it would be this. Uh right now, I am thirsty. Yesterday, I was thirsty. Tomorrow, I'm going to be thirsty or tomorrow, I will be thirsty. That last example I just gave is probably your best one. So, yesterday, I was. Yesterday, he was. Yesterday, we were. Yesterday, they were. So, there's some changes when you flip it around. Uh let's see here. Um This question is from Duria. Hi, teacher Bob. I need to explain the difference between to like and to love to young learners. How should I do this in the best way? Um, I think I did a video on the difference between like and love, and I think it's totally an okay video to show younger people. Uh, maybe Dave or Todd can find that video. There's a video, Bob the Canadian, using like versus love. And generally it works like this when you like something, If I was to graph the emotion, it's you like it this much. When you love something, it's an even stronger emotion. Um and we do use like and love to talk about things, right? Like, I like spaghetti but I love pizza. So, I like spaghetti but I love pizza. Hopefully, that makes sense. Maybe Dave or Todd can find that video and put it in the chat. That'd be great. Um, Let's see here. Lean says, hi, Bob. I hope you are doing great. I am lean. Thank you. What is the meaning of for example it's way better it's way yeah it's just a way <laughs> i just use the word way um it's a way to emphasize something okay so you could say this cup is larger than that cup but you could also say this cup is way larger so you're you're kind of emphasizing that it's bigger you could say um my video on tuesday is about 7 to 10 minutes But the lesson I do on Friday is way longer. Just me because it's an hour usually. So, it's a way to express to emphasize that it's longer. You could simply say it's longer but sometimes we want to emphasize what we're saying. Um let's see here. Um I see a few people asking questions in the chat. Please use the link to the form to ask your questions. Um it just makes things a little easier and please use the chat to have some fun conversations with each other. Um and I see T saying to Todd the Canadian. What purpose does the chat serve if we need to use a forum to ask a question? Well, T, we have to keep things orderly. Otherwise, there's just an insane amount of questions flying by and no one can keep track as to which question I'm answering, okay? So, if you do have a question, please use the form. It makes things tidy and orderly. I do get through most of the questions, um, but not all of them. But yeah, that's the reason why we use the forum. Uh, let's see here. Next question is from Mary Kay. Hi, teacher Bob. Hope you're doing well. What is the difference between mob and crowd? Thank you in advance. Well, it's the mood of the crowd. So a mob is a crowd, um, but a mob can be angrier. A mob is usually really upset about something. So, you can say, oh, there was a large crowd waiting to get into the concert. They might be happy. They might not be happy. A crowd is just a lot of people. But if you say there was a mob of people trying to get into the concert, it makes you think that they are angry about something, okay? So, a mob is usually really mad or really angry. Uh let's see here. Um let's see. Miguel says, I have I want to inquire, I'm just gonna fix the question a bit Miguel. I want to inquire about how we can learn new meanings. Is it better to learn by context, images and videos or using raw meanings from a dictionary? So, anytime you can connect new vocabulary with a visual image or a video, it's better because it forces you to not think in your native language, okay? It's very important when you get to a certain point when you're learning English that If you wanna learn the word for cat that you don't look up what a cat is in a French English dictionary or a Chinese English dictionary. You just need to see the word cat and a picture of a cat. A tree and a picture of a tree. So, the more you can learn with visual images, the less you think in your own language. It's just very, very helpful. Let's get to the next question. Um let's see. I'll answer the first part of this. So, Jarek says, How do I build the opposite phrase to the verb must? Okay. I'm not going to talk about modals in the past, Jarek, because that would be a whole lesson in and of itself. But when you must do something, it means you have to do something. And so, the opposite is to say that you don't have to do it. Okay. So, I made it. We don't really negate must. Like, we don't say you do not must. Like, just ignore that. That's not even an English sentence. But if I say, I must go to the store today. I could also say I have to go to the store today. The opposite or if I want the negative would be I don't have to go to the store today. I do not have to go to the store. So, we don't use must in that situation when we wanna go negative. We actually flip it. Let's see here. Uh Johan from Quebec says, hi Bob, do you say handicapped parking space or parking space for the handicap or for disabled? We use disabled right now. Um we uh, I don't think I've seen the word handicapped in print for a very long time. Um and I think that is the most common uh phrase right now. Let's see here. Just searching. Generally, it's just a symbol. Um oh, that's right. We do now start to we are now calling it accessible parking, okay? So, we want parking that's close to our stores and businesses that's we would consider it accessible. We are making a lot of progress in Ontario to make everything more accessible for people who um either need assistance when walking or if they're in wheelchairs, we're trying to make the whole country accessible. It's taking a little time but I think it's a very important thing to do. Um let's see here. Syed says, hi, Bob. How are you? When it was waxing day, things were quite the opposite. What does it mean? Thanks. So, we use waxing and waning when we're talking about the moon changing. So, when things wax and wane, they 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 are around and then they're gone, okay? So, I wouldn't use this phrase. It might be from a story you're reading but a waxing day would be a day where things are just going the opposite possibly but it's it's not a very common way to talk about the day. In normal English, when I'm talking to people at work, we wouldn't use that phrase. Um, at all. Uh let's see here. Um next question is from Fox. Do you explain everything spontaneously or prepare in advance? I watched other YouTubers. They just read ready-made text. Um I in this lesson, I explain everything spontaneously. Um in my Friday morning lesson, I explain everything spontaneously as well. Like yesterday, we did a lesson on the environment. Um and then, I do read over all of the slides and I do make sure that I'm familiar with something like carbon footprint or um greenhouse gases but I don't read from anything, no. So, in this video and in my live lesson from yesterday, I'm just speaking freely off the top of my head. That's what we that's how we would describe it in English. I try to come up with an answer off the top of my head. I just think it's more natural and honestly, it's a lot more fun for me because I'm not sure if you all realize this but doing an English live stream where I answer questions is enjoyable for me because I like the challenge. I like the questions and I like quickly thinking of an answer. It's fun for me. Um so I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Aldrin. I used to say I haven't done my homework yet but sometimes my teacher says I'm not yet finished. I'm not yet finished. So, which sentence is correct? They're both correct. You could say, um the teacher could say, have you done your homework? And you could say, I haven't done my homework yet. I haven't done my homework yet. I'm not yet finished. When you say, I'm not yet finished, it sounds a little more formal. Probably, the most common phrase would be to say, I'm not done yet. I haven't done my homework yet. Most students would just say, I'm not done yet or I didn't do it. They would just kinda create a really short sentence like that. Uh let's see here. Sagar says, hi, teacher Bob. How are you doing today? I have two questions. One, please explain the meaning of the adjective dynamic. For example, a dynamic body and what does geek mean? So, when someone when a person is dynamic, they're they're just very energetic. They're very uh they talk quickly. Um they move their hands a lot when they talk. They're just a very they're alive. Very very alive when they're talking. Um When something else is dynamic, it means it's capable of change, okay? So, you could say the flow of the river is very dynamic. So, it might go slow and fast and it's just changing quite a bit. And a geek is just someone who likes computers and likes um smartphones and likes the internet. A geek is someone who um likes everything that plugs into the wall and um just I'm a geek there. I'll just admit it. I'm definitely a geek. Geek and nerd are very similar. Um but they are people who just really really like technology and love learning about it, etc., cetera, et cetera. Hey, I do want to say hi to the 505 people watching. Uh it's awesome to see all these people here. Uh if you are new here, don't forget to click. Did I point the wrong way? I have the wrong screen up. Don't forget to click that red subscribe button if you're new here. Uh let's get to the next question. Um Ahmad says, hi teacher. Can you please tell us the best way to start an ESL business? Um I don't really know the best answer to that Ahmad but I would say this. People really want their children to learn English. In particular, they want teenagers to learn English. So, I think there is a large market for teaching um, children and teenagers English via an online uh, mechanism like Skype or FaceTime or Zoom. So, if you were starting an ESL business, that is the market I would target. The second market I would target would be business people who are wanting to learn English for business or improve their English. But, I don't know. I've never really thought about it much about how to start it. Uh Jessica, what's the meaning of insofar as and to the extent that? Thanks. Thank you in advance. So, they're just kind of ways to begin a sentence or join two sentences and they're they're not quite filler words but and they're quite formal by the way. So, here's a good sentence. In so far as I am thirsty, I will now drink some water. If I was writing an essay, I would probably use terms like this, okay? Um you could say that something like to the extent that um the vaccine is in short supply, We need to order more. So, it's very formal. Um and it's kind of just a way to introduce a fact and then comment on the fact. But definitely very formal. Zeus Tovar from Colombia, If I want to improve my speaking, what is the best way? TV series, books, or music? Um none. Sorry. I mean, they're all very important. You should definitely be watching TV. You should definitely be reading books and you should definitely be listening to music but if you want to improve your speaking you should be hiring someone or finding someone who you can have an english conversation with once a week um certainly listening to music and singing along really helps your speaking reading a book out loud helps your speaking watching a tv series might help you learn new words you could pause the tv series and repeat what people are saying to practice your speaking But the best way to practice your conversation skills is to find a person who you can talk to. Um, and there is a link in the description to a website called Preply that you can use to find someone. It does cost money but it is worthwhile to find an English speaking partner. Next question from Abel. Let me check the time here. There, we're good. Hi, Bob. Hope you're doing okay. If something is removed physically from a place, would you say that it was taken away? Can you give some examples? Thank you. Yes. If something is removed physically, it is taken away. The other day, my old truck was taken away. It's no longer here. A man came with the tow truck and he put it on the tow truck and left and so my truck was taken away. It is gone. It went to the scrap yard to get recycled. So, that was kind of cool because it's been sitting in my yard for a long time. It's in the background of some of my videos sometimes and sometimes people ask, Are you ever gonna get rid of that old rusty vehicle? (laughs) It's gone now. Uh let's see here. Marcos Ravina says, hello teacher Bob. No questions today. Just to thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. I hope you and your family have a great weekend. We are having a great weekend so far. Um kids are outside right now because it's warm. I think the fact that they can go outside when I do my live lessons um, is good for them because otherwise, they have to kind of sit quietly for an hour and read a book or they just go play in a far they an area far away from me. Um but uh, anyways, yes, we are having a good weekend. Thank you for the uh, kind words and sharing that thought. Uh hey, folks, I'm gonna flip uh the chat for a moment here. Give me one second. I want to first of all thank everyone who is a member. Members have clicked the join button below the video uh, and they've decided to support me. When you are a member, you get a crown beside your name in the chat and your name is in green and at this point in the lesson, you can ask questions directly in the chat. So, we'll do that for about ten minutes. For all of the rest of you, uh, the 566 people watching, uh, we will go back to normal chat in about nine or ten minutes but for now, this is just one of the ways I thank my members. Uh Julia says I usually visit the hairdresser once every 3 months or so. Little correction there Julia. I get my hair cut usually every month Julia by the way. Um it's uh it's getting to be time again. Eventually one side of my head the hair sticks up when I wake up in the morning and it's not great. Uh Mode Egg says I think I used the Bobolink joke enough to remember its name forever. Let's just hope it doesn't go extinct. Yeah, should I find the Bobolink slide quickly? I still have the bobolink here from yesterday. There it is. There's the bobolink. The bobolink is an endangered species and we talked about it yesterday in the lesson about the environment. That was that was good though. That's a good joke. Uh mode eggs. Uh beside it used with the image light. What are the other uses of reflect and reflect on? They can be confusing sometimes. So yes, when you hold up a mirror, it will reflect light, okay? but I can reflect on yesterday's lesson and smile. So, it just means I'm thinking about something in the past and those are really the two meanings we would use the most. I'm trying to think of another meaning because we have a word as well deflect. So, if something hits something, it can deflect. That's not the same as reflect. It's more like um, you know, if a bullet hits the wall, the wall will deflect the bullet. It doesn't reflect it. Reflect is used for light definitely. Uh let's see here. Uh, Moto Explorer. Hi, teacher Bob. What kind of motorcycle did you used to ride and how difficult is getting an M1 license? I had a Yamaha. Oh, why am I forgetting the name? I had a Yamaha 400 Maxim. That was the motorcycle that I had. It was really nice. 400 CCs. It wasn't super powerful but it was powerful enough. I really enjoyed it. Um it's fairly difficult getting an M1 license. Yeah, you have to go and do a road test and it's pretty strict. They want motorcycle drivers. Uh, to be very very good drivers. So, you have a fairly strict lesson. Madi, Hi, Bob. How to use these words in a sentence. The and thus. (laughs) So, those are very very old words. Um uh I don't even know how to use the in a sentence. Let's see. Um the because we have the and thou and thus. Um thus just mean yeah. Let me find example sentences for you. Uh example sentence with Mm -hmm. (laughs) the, Um how did the learn to draw such a picture? That's the example. Like we it basically means you, right? And we don't use it very much anymore. Thus though, I think we've heard she was thus occupied when Alex joined her at the meeting. So, thus means she was in this way occupied. Very rare though, Madi, for us to use those words for sure. Uh let me see here. For those of you who are wondering what's happening right now, I'm not answering this question. I am answering questions directly from the chat. You can read along if you are here. I just looked at Madi's question. Now, I'm gonna jump down to Rod's question. Hi, Rod. Mr. Bob, I hope you're well and have no question today. I'd like to always say thank you for everything. Yes, no problem, Rod. No problem at all and I don't think it's a secret. I'll just tell people uh Rod and I uh Rod will have a video on his channel in a couple weeks probably where he's asked me a few questions and then I'm gonna go out later uh this week and answer them on video and then he'll put it together. That'll come out I would say in two or three weeks. Yeah, I'm no rush. I don't think. Julia, dear teacher, I'm curious about the phrase touch base. What does it mean? So, if you don't see someone for a long time, you can say, hey, we should get together and I just wanna touch base on something. It means you want to talk to them about something. Sometimes, my boss will say, hey, I know you have a busy day." But at three o'clock, um, can we touch base about the computer program? Or can we touch base about something that I have to ask you? So basically, it means to connect with someone or to talk to them. Sometimes it's good to touch base with people. Panthera, dear teacher Bob, can you explain to me what the difference is between requite and acquit? They, they can be used as to return a compliment. So I would say acquit means to be found not guilty. Okay. So and then requite we don't use that word very often at all to make an appropriate return they are quick to requite a kindness very rare word not used very often at all um but acquit would mean uh basically that you're found not guilty of some kind of criminal activity uh let's see here samuel chen hi teacher bob recently i worked with an engineer in the uk remotely I think your live and lessons are really helpful to my English skills. Have a nice day. Good to hear that Samuel Chen. I'm glad I can help you out. Brent is here from American English with this guy. Did people always ask you to move stuff because you had a truck? I asked my brother all the time. Yes. Um actually, a while ago, I had an actual pickup truck and yes, people would quite often ask. Now, people just ask if they can borrow my trailer. That's that's what happens. Uh Julia, thank you for correcting my sentence. No problem. Um Gertrudis, thank you for your useful English class yesterday. We can take a- we have to take action about how to be earth friendly. Yes, Gertrude for sure. And just a reminder, we had a lesson yesterday. Not about the ink Totally. But we had a lesson on the environment. It was a fun lesson. You can go and watch it. It will also come out tomorrow in a shorter format. That's a little um quicker to watch. Let's see here. Madi, thanks. Vladimir says, I have no question today but using the time, I want to say hello to Mr. Bob. Well, hello Vladimir. Bob and to everyone. Wish, I wish a good weekend. Mr. Bob, it's really good that you create a big community. Best regards. Yes, I, I will not take all the credit for it. I think the fun of the live stream especially for um those that like to chat is something you guys have created that you have created. So, it's really fun. In fact, one time, I was talking to a student and they let me know that um half the fun of the live stream is just chatting to other people. Not not necessarily the lesson. That always makes me laugh. Semra, that is awesome to watch and listen to you, Bob. Doesn't matter what you talk about. Thanks, Semra. That's awesome. Uh Panthera, we tend to use the word reflect when putting comments on architectural plans that had to be checked before and which other plans they should reflect. Yes, we often ask people like we'll say, hey, um can you read this and then reflect on it a bit and then give me some feedback. We do that at work as well. Um if I'm using something in class like let's say I make an assignment for students. I might go to the other teacher, the other French teacher and say, hey, can you read over my assignment and then reflect on it for a day and then give me some feedback. That means I want her to think about it for a day and tell me what she thinks. Uh Lolly says, hello, Gertrudis. Thanks for saying hi, Lolly. Marco says, these commonly used in Christian songs which use very formal words sometimes. That's very true Marcos. Um if you're ever in a church and they're singing older hymns, those are song Christian religious songs. They will often have thee and thou in them. Um let's see. Julia, thank you, dear teacher. No problem. Gertrudis, hello, dear Holly or Lolly, how's it going? eggs. I know it's a little weird but for some, the rhyme of witty and uppity is still ringing in my ear. Uh, Maybe because I watched the video many times. Yes, that was a fun video to make. Um it was fun to make the nose in the air arrogant pose for someone who is uppity uh arrogant or uh stuck up. Yes. Um let's see here. Estri says grammar makes me confused sometimes. You know Estri, the more you listen to a language, the more you listen to English in particular, the more sense it will make. It's good to study grammar but it's also good to listen to a lot of English and read a lot of English so that you you just kind of see it and hear it a lot. Uh let's see here. Panthera, do you tend to use the saying in Canada? I'm from your neck of the woods. Yes, we definitely use that phrase. Um people will say things like, oh, is there are there a lot of snowmobiles out in your neck of the woods? And I would a month ago, I would have said yes, for sure. Julia Modags, are you from Germany? Lolly. In Canada, do you listen to singers from Quebec? Merci. A little bit but I will tell you this. Um English speaking people in Canada and in the United States almost exclusively listen to English music. It is my understanding that the rest of the world usually listens to music from all different countries and English music as well but we are very Anglo-centric in North America. It's not a good thing. But almost all of the music that we listen to is English music. We don't often listen to other um music from other countries or other provinces. Sorry. Uh let's see here. I think I've once heard unrequited love used for one-sided love. Yes, that is probably the best example of requite using the unrequited version of it. Yes, that is definitely more common than requite for sure. Uh Panthera, can you explain to your teacher Bob what jab at someone means? Well, when you take a few jabs at someone, in boxing, it means you're actually punching but that's not what this means. Um if someone says a few mean things about you at work, you could say that person keeps taking jabs at me. Like um and it's not polite to do that. So, a jab is like an insult. Um a small insult is a jab. Let's see here. (laughs) Lolly says, thanks, Bob. Ha ha. And then, Panthera, one more question from me. Can you explain what it means? to make a point mundane, to make it more common. Yes, when you make something mundane, you make it more common or you make it commonplace, okay? So, the mundane is always like the normal, the everyday, the ordinary is definitely considered the mundane. Hey, folks, I'm gonna flip the chat back to everybody chat. Let me just do that for one moment. And if a few more questions from members show up, Um I will happily answer them but I'm going to get back to the questions over here. Um let's see here. I'm gonna scroll back for a sec though. I just wanna make sure I didn't miss anything and while I'm doing that, I do wanna say thank you to all my members. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate you being around. Um I appreciate the chat. I appreciate that you are welcoming to other people in the chat. I appreciate that you help other people in the chat. You guys are awesome. Um And Anuat has a great comment in O Canada, the the Canadian National Anthem. We do say, we stand on guard for thee. So, there you go. That's pretty old but uh we do still use the word. We stand on guard for thee. I'm not gonna sing it by the way. Um maybe someday. Uh, Although, I was giving marriage advice in a video the other day. That was new. I hadn't done that before. Uh next question says, hi, Bob. What does the word Karen mean? Thanks. So, first of all, Karen is um a woman's name. So, it's a name for a girl or a woman uh in English but in recent the recent year or year and a half, it has come to mean a middle-aged woman who gets very angry in public, maybe at a store owner or a store clerk or a cashier. Um so, a Karen, it's not a nice thing to call someone. If you say to someone, oh, you're being a Karen or you're being such a Karen, You basically are telling them that they're that you saw them complaining publicly to someone. Um sometimes you'll see videos on the internet and it'll say uh you know look at this Karen complaining at the grocery store. So, the lady's name isn't actually Karen. She's just now has the the label of being a Karen which is an insult now. It's not good to be a Karen. Not a very nice insult though to take what was a perfectly good name and now it's not a nice thing to say but anyways. Uh Samaya says, hello, teacher Bob. Hope everything is going well. Could you please explain to me what's the meaning of determine? I think there are several meanings of this word. Well, when you try to determine something, it means you're trying to find the answer, okay? So, if my, let's say I couldn't find my my favorite cup. This isn't my favorite cup. Let's pretend this is my favorite cup. I would try to determine what happened to it. I would try to figure out what happened to it. I would try to find out what happened to it. I would try to determine what happened to it. But if we add a d and we say determined, now we're describing a person. If a person is determined, they're they're serious about getting a job done. They're going to start the job and they're going to finish it on time. They are determined. They have direction, they have energy to get something done. So, those are the two definitions I'll give here. They're probably two of the more common Let's see here. Um I do wanna say hi to the 579 people watching. Hi everybody. I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube. If you want to subscribe, it's totally free and there's a button right there. If you click it, you become a subscriber and then you find out when I put new English lessons out. Let's see here. I'm gonna just review the chat for a sec just in case. Um Mode says, thank you, Mr. Bob and sorry for asking a lot of questions today. No, Mode, questions are awesome. I love questions. And then Andre says, teacher Bob, one day you were talking about how to find someone who would like to practice speaking English. It was a web portal. Could you remind? Thank you for your heart in teaching. So, there's a link below to a website called Preply. It does cost money but you can use it to find someone who you can pay to have English conversations with and there are more websites than just Preply. Um there's italki, there's Cambly. Um but there are many ways if you can find the money and I think it's worth it to uh to get lessons for sure. Uh let's see here. So, Aya zero zero nine or is it double O nine? You know, if you watch spy movies, there's double O seven. James Bond is double O seven. So, maybe Aya is actually um a secret agent. We're not sure. Aya double O nine or zero zero nine. Hi, mister Bob the Canadian. When do we use the word go before activities? For example, go swimming or go jogging. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good question. Um let's see. Tomorrow, I'm going to go hiking. Notice, you have to use go twice there, right? Or I will go hiking. Um in the summer, I'll go swimming. Um go skiing. We use go a lot, right? But I could also say tomorrow, let's see. I'm going hiking. Tomorrow, I'm going to go for a hike. Tomorrow, I'm going hiking. Tomorrow, I'm going to hike. Yeah, it's really tomorrow, I will hike at the park. I think we throw go in a lot just because it makes the phrase sound a little it just flows a little bit better, right? Um like, I'm going to go climbing. I'm going to go mountain climbing. Yeah, sounds like we use it a lot for activities, but I don't know exactly why we use it. Let's see. Uh, Yaroslav, Hi, dear teacher Bob. Hope you are well. I am Yaroslav. I hope you are as well. My question is, is it possible to learn French after English? People say it is easier because both have many things in common. I'm gonna add a word there. Um so, here's the thing. Uh English and French have a lot of the same structures and English and French like when you learn the word um let's see here. Let's see. you learn the word dog in English? It's very easy to learn the word uh, "le chien" in French. It's just another word for dog that you can add to your your brain, your your knowledge. Um I think it's easier to go from English to French or English to a European language. I think it's much more challenging to learn a language from uh let's say from parts of Asia where the structure and the tones and the form are much different. Um so I would say French is a good choice after English. It will still be hard. There are many things in French that I find confusing because it's not the same as English but uh, definitely it is worthwhile as a second or as a third language if that's what you're thinking. Uh next question from Moo which is what cows say as well. Did you know that? Moo. Hi teacher Bob. Could you help pronounce in it, on it, and not at all in a linking way? Thanks so much. So, um let's see here. When I make cookies, I put sugar in it. Now, that's not a good example. Um but I mean that worked but I'm using let me just think of a better example. You could say do these cookies have does this cookie have sugar in it? Does this cookie have sugar in it? So, I'm trying not to eat sugar right now. So, I could take a bite mm, and then say ah does this cookie have sugar in it? So, you, you hear how fast it is? Does this cookie have sugar in it? So, very connected, okay? Um do you want a piece of cake? Does the cake have icing on it? I hope the cake doesn't have icing on it. So, on it isn't quite as fast. It sounds exactly like it's spelled and then not at all. Um do you mind going to the grocery store today? Mm, Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Notice how the T right? Becomes the D. The so not at all. Not like so not at all. So, thank you so much is what Moose says at the end. Hey, I'm uh My brain's not working as good as it's supposed to. Let me have a sip of water. Sometimes, it's hard to answer these questions. Uh let's see here. Ario says, Hola, Mr. Bob. I cried yesterday because I missed my childhood series so much. A drama serial. My question, have you missed? Oh, do you, have you missed childhood series? Thank you. Yes, there are certain things I watched as a kid that I definitely miss. I watched a show when I was probably when I was ten or eleven called the A-Team. Brent will Brent will know this show. So, the A-Team was a show. It was on every Tuesday night at eight. I watched every single episode when I was I think eleven, twelve, and maybe thirteen. Um if I wasn't allowed to watch it, if like if I had done something bad and my parents said I couldn't watch that show, I would cry. Um and do I miss the show? Yeah, but you know the nice thing now is things that you miss from when you were younger, you can usually find online somewhere. So, but uh definitely uh yes, Ario. Does make me sad to think about TV shows or the first few movies I watched as a kid. Those were fun as well. Let's see here. Uh Famita, hi, teacher Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Famita. My question, my questions are is take out or bring out having the same, do take out and bring out have the same meaning? Just gonna fix that a bit. How often do you use will versus shall? We don't use shall very often. It's, it's very formal. Like you shall do this. You shall do your homework tonight uh or tomorrow there will be consequences. Like very rare that that I use shall. Uh it is used but um very rare. Um but let me go back to take out and bring out. Sometimes I need to take out the garbage. Sometimes I need to bring out the garbage. So, it depends on what you're using it for. Um, and then takeout has a lot of different meanings, by the way, because it can be used as a noun to talk about food that you get from a restaurant. You could say we're going to get takeout tonight. That means you're going to get food from the restaurant and eat it at home. Um, and you can take someone out on a date. So that means that you are, you know, there's someone that you're romantically interested in. You could take them out on a date. Um, but and even there's even more sinister meanings of take out. If someone takes someone else out, it could mean that they kill them. So, a lot of meanings for a take out for sure. It's good to learn all of them so you don't get them confused. Uh let's see here. Michelle says, hey mate, how are you doing? Good. Bob, as far as I'm concerned, in Canada, pine cones are sought after. Hence, do you make confiture out of it or jams? No, but they do. People do collect pine cones. Pine cones come from pine trees. And they're like the really cool brown thing. We put them on our Christmas trees in the winter. Um Jen makes wreaths and she uses them. Um I'm sure you could make some kind of jam out of them but I have not had uh, anything like that. Let's see. Next question from Katerina. Hello Bob. Is military service mandatory in Canada? Did you serve in the military? So, no and no. In Canada, we are not required to do any kind of military service. I know there are some countries in the world uh, like South Korea and Israel where you have to serve in the military for a year or two. Um I have had Korean students who have come from Korea and they when they graduate from our school, they go back to Korea and they need to do their um their military service. In fact, I I have a former student right now who is doing their military service. So, no, um Katarina, we don't have that here. I think if we did, it would have been good for me actually. I think it would have been good for me after grade 12 to go in the military for two years. It would have taught me some discipline. Um Rodion, what is the difference? Little fix there. What is the difference between ought to, must, and have to? Um Yeah, I think I explained this last week as well. Must and have to are are almost exactly the same. You know, in order to be healthy, I must walk every day. In order to be healthy, I have to walk every day. Um it's it's very forceful. Like it's something that you can't choose not to do. You must do it, okay? If you want to drive a car, you must have a driver's license. You have to have a driver's license. But ought to has an element of being a bit optional, okay? So, you could say to someone, oh, if you wanna lose weight, you ought to eat less. It doesn't mean you're forcing them to. It's just like a really good recommendation. You ought to do that. I wanted to scroll back and see if Brent responded. I pity the fool. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if Brent was gonna to respond to my reference to the A-team. So, yes, I pity the fool was something said by Mr. T in that show. Great show. If Brent, I don't know if you've watched it recently, if you ever do you might be surprised at how badly written it is and how bad how bad the acting is. Often when you go and watch TV shows from many many years ago, you realize they weren't very well made at the time. Let's see. Um next question from Christian. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Good, Christian. I hope you're doing well as well. Could you please explain the meaning of standby when used with people? Thank you. So, yeah, like the most literal term is one person can stand by another person. Like but what you're meaning is to wait and yeah, it we don't use it a lot. It has kind of a military sound to it. If a student said to me, um uh hey, can you read over my assignment and tell me what's good? I could say, okay, stand by. I'll get to it in a minute but it sounds like very sounds very much like the military. So, you'll hear it if you watch a police show they'll tell people to stand by. Sometimes your television, it'll say um we're experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by and it simply means to wait. Yes. There's probably more meanings but those are the ones that come to mind right now. Uh Dominic has the next question. Uh let's see here. Um hi Bob. I'm struggling with using the words alone and lonely. The second one looks like an adverb or something but I see another usage of it everywhere. So, Yeah, because you say that person is alone, okay? So, that means they're by themselves. It doesn't refer to how they're feeling, okay? So, you could say he lives alone or he went to the movie alone. It's simply a factual statement that that person is doing something by themselves. You're saying there's no one else there but when you say a person is lonely, or when you use the the word lonely, you're saying it's a feeling. So, you feel lonely when there's no one else around. So, a person who lives alone might feel lonely, okay? So, that's the best example I think I can give uh for now. Uh next question from Bruce. Hi, Bob. Wish you wishing you a great day. Little fix there, Bruce. How to pronounce words That have more than two syllables such as academic, banana, analysis, energy, parallel. What is the rule? There's no one rule other than you kind of have to learn how to pronounce them, okay? So, academic, banana, analysis, energy, and parallel is how I would say them in my Canadian accent which is probably how most of North America would say all of those. Academic, banana, analysis. The plural is analyses I think and then energy and parallel. So, there probably are some rules Bruce but generally people just hear and repeat and learn how to pronounce it like everyone else. Let's see here. Um Chilly Willie says, is it correct to pluralize the word experience such as thanks for sharing your experiences at the summer camp with me? Yes. Yep. Definitely, you would uh pluralize it because Experience on its own doesn't convey that there were multiple things the person did at summer camp, okay? So, I could say when I was a kid, I had a job. I worked in construction and I had a lot of good experiences when I was working in construction. Um you could say I had a lot of good experience but that means something a little bit different, okay? That means that you learned how to do the job. So, you gotta experiences are just things you did but experience can also refer to learning to do something. Like he has he got a lot of experience uh working for his uncle. So, that means he learned how to do the job. So, experiences just refers to a whole bunch of little things that you've done. Hey, I wanna say hi to the 637 people watching. If you're new here, don't forget to click that red subscribe button and you'll get notified when I do a new lesson and just so you are aware, there are over 50 questions in the queue and I will probably not get to all of them today. I'm gonna answer a few more right now uh, quickly but uh we're I'm a little bit uh overloaded with questions. Uh next question is from MT. What is the difference between adolescent and teenager? We use those terms interchangeably. Adolescent is a little more formal. So, if you were writing about adolescence, um you would be talking about teenagers. I'm gonna skip a few questions along the way. Uh let's see here. Sarah says, hi, Bob. I'm from Hong Kong. Thank you for your great effort on different subjects. If I say, please complete the job by the end of the day, which one is correct? So, I would say you need to complete the job by the end of the end of the day and then you can go home at the end of the day, okay? So, that's how I would say it. If you say you need to complete the job at the end of the day, it means the person needs to do the job last, okay? So I would say you need to do these 10 things, but I want you to do this one at the end of the day. So you can use both, but they have slightly different meanings, okay? So I think the way you're saying it is I would say this: you need to complete the job by the end of the day. You have from now until the end of the day to finish the job. You need to complete it by the end of the day. Next question from Katerina from Ukraine. Hello, dear teacher, Bob. Today I also complain about weather. It's snowing, freezing, and cold, only two degrees above zero. How can I? Say more that I don't like the weather. Well, I would just say it's not very nice outside. Uh the weather's awful or you could just say I hate the weather during the month of March. Uh you can express it almost any way you want but I agree with you. Um March is a little bit strange for weather. I think you share a lot of the same weather as me. Um some days it's spring like and other days it's winter like. It's kind of uh, it's a mixed bag when it comes to weather in March. Uh, okay, we had this question already. Um, let's see here. Next question from Yvonne. I have to speak in English with foreigners as an immigration officer, but I learn English through TV or YouTube. How do I learn to speak English more formally? Yeah, that's a good question because there is no formal English versus informal English. Like, there's no book that says how to how to speak formal English or how to speak informal English, because in English. It's not like other languages. It's it's kind of vague what the difference is between formal and informal, okay? Because many phrases that seem informal, you could use in a formal setting. I would just say, learn to speak English as quick as clearly and as properly as possible and see if you can find books that teach you vocabulary specifically for being an immigration officer. Maybe there are books available in your country for um, you know English language uh, verbs and vocabulary for uh, being an immigration officer but that's a tricky one because you would need to speak very formally as an immigration officer and TV might not be the best place to learn it. It might be but uh, it could be. Let's see. Okay. Iqbal says, hello teacher. Hope you are well. Can you explain the word however and an example of however. Some people say that however the word is an alternative meaning to but is it true? Okay, so like how could I say this? I like yeah, it it is a little bit like but right? You could say um I like to run for exercise. However, since I'm older now and my knees hurt when I run, I just walk. So, I could use but in that case as well. I could say I used to like running but because I'm older. So, there are situations where You definitely can use but and however together. Uh let me see here. Next question is from Laura. Hello, teacher Bob. What's the difference between signal and sign? So, in terms of traffic, we have traffic signals. So, that's an actual light that changes color and a sign is just something on the side of the road with a message on it, okay? So, I would say, yeah, if that's what you're talking about, Laura, a signal is what you see. When two roads come together, there will be traffic signals or traffic lights there. I think that's what you were meaning. Let's see. Not sure James how to answer this. Hi teacher. Could you help me with pronouncing combining two words? For example, GR and GL. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm not quite sure on the question, James. So, I'm gonna move on. Sorry about that. It happens every once in a while or I can't understand the question. Difference between American and Canadian English. Negligible. That might be a new word for some of you. Negligible means there's hardly any difference. There is hardly any difference between uh, American and Canadian English. Slight difference in accent. A few words are spelled differently but generally Americans and Canadians can have perfectly normal conversations without even always noticing the other person has an accent. It's very easy for Americans and Canadians to speak to each other. Uh let's see. Okay, Jamie says, hello, sir. As we call as we can call you Bob, are your students allowed to call you by your first name too? What do relationships between teacher and students look like in Canada? So, generally, students will call me sir or they'll call me by my last name. They'll say mister and then my last name. My students do not call me Bob. If I was teaching a night class and my students were adults, they would call me Bob, okay? If I was in university, you, I would call my professor by, I would say professor and then their last name as well. Let's see here. Next question from Lucy. Bob, you are awesome. Thanks, Lucy. This is the first time that I come to your live show. I've been learning a lot. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Lucy. It's good to see you here. That's awesome. Uh let's see here. Next question from Eugene from Etobicoke. Good morning, Bob. Did you drive an RV to travel? Did you ever stay in an outdoor campground? No, but when I was a kid, my mom and dad rented an RV. An RV is a recreational vehicle. It's basically a house on wheels and we went to Nova Scotia. So, when I was a kid, we did go on a trip once in an RV and we did some camping but Jen and I don't go camping very often. We're not really campers. Let's see. Um VJ says, hello, what activities would you include in the week in a weekly learning plan? I'm focusing on speaking and at, at the moment. I so I did a video on this once called the best way to learn English which is kind of a interesting title. Makes it seem like I know but I recommend that you do reading, writing, listening, speaking, learn a bit of grammar and build your vocabulary and do that all week. Okay? BJ, you gotta do all of it. You gotta do all the things when you learn something like English. Um let's see. Next question. Yeah, Felipe. Any tips on when I should use phrasal verbs? So, a little fix there. Uh, all the time, Felipe. We sometimes students learning English ask if they need to learn phrasal verbs. Do English speakers actually use them? Yes, we use them all the time. There is no conversation in English that doesn't have a few phrasal verbs thrown in. We use them all the time. So, yes, you do need to learn them. Uh Tamer. Hello, teacher. What about vaccination in Canada? Have you been vaccinated? No, but my sisters who work in healthcare have been vaccinated. My mom will be vaccinated in about a month or in about three weeks. Um, and I'm starting to hear about people who are vaccinated Um teachers get vaccinated I think in about six weeks, five or six weeks. So, I'm looking forward to that. Um it's taking a while but we're not ahead of the rest of the world but we're not behind. Not that it's a competition but uh eventually. Next question is from mini (laughs) Bob. What's the difference between huge and quite? So, first of all, small, large, huge are all ways to talk about the size of something but the word quite is used to emphasize a little bit. So, you could say, well, he was quite large. That man was quite large or um wow, that car was quite large. It's kind of just a way to mean a little bit bigger. Um so, quite and huge are actually different. We use words used in different ways. Uh let's see. Yeah, all the small things. Isn't that a song? Is that who sings that? Blink 182 definitely not about learning English, Brent, but there's definitely a song that has that phrase in it somewhere. Um let's see here. I'm gonna skip the next one and I'm gonna answer this one. So, Estri says, hello, Bob. How can I practice my English speaking skills when I'm alone? So, I'm gonna finish with this question. Um the best way to practice English speaking when you're alone, number one, read out loud. Number two, sing along when you're listening to English songs. Number three, describe what you're doing out loud when you're doing it, okay? This can be difficult because if you're walking around outside, people might look at you funny but you should say things like, I'm doing a live stream. I'm drinking some water. I'm giving an answer. So, and then another thing you can do is you can record yourself speaking and listen to it again. You can find um A video and you can kind of say the lines of one person. If there's two people talking, you can memorize the line. You just have to be really creative in finding out um, ways to just make sure you're using the language a lot. It's not the same as conversation practice but it can really, really, really help. Hey, I do wanna just end by saying hi again or bye to the 655 people watching. If you're new here, don't forget to click that uh, subscribe button. Don't forget that tomorrow there will be a shorter version of this lesson coming out on the environment. I think it was a pretty good lesson. People did enjoy it. So, look for that in about 48 hours. Uh, I do wanna thank Todd and Dave for being here and moderating the chat. I wanna thank uh my members as well for helping in their own way to moderate the chat. I know some of you are quite helpful. Panther and Nori and a few of you are quite helpful um, with new people in the chat. That's awesome. If you're new here and you're wondering what you're watching, I'm Bob the Canadian. I teach English here on YouTube. This was a live Q&A session. There'll be a new video this coming Tuesday and a new lesson, live lesson on I think a fairly fun topic this coming Friday. I'm not gonna tell you what it is yet though because I have two topics in mind and I haven't picked one yet so we'll see. Um anyways, good to see all of you. Uh big shout out to Rod, the Brazilian English teacher and Brent from American English with this guy. Two fellow English teachers on YouTube. Uh, and I just wanna say bye. Have a great weekend. Uh, I look forward to uh, seeing some. Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash Bob the Canadian.